The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 64 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, TMX 21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering. I'm James Burfield. I'll be your host. And on the line with me is Lewis Phillips, editor of MX Vice. Oh, hello. Hi. 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 And in the studio is Rob from Jukebox Beats putting this together and making us sound half decent. Coming up on today's show, we have Blensel Performance of the Week, Leah Askwise Anything, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, and Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Birth at the end of the show. So keep a lookout for those. Part one is brought to you by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. So welcome, Lewis. Another welcome, week. James. Another podcast. Another week of no racing. Yeah, it's great. Um, I should be on a plane to Oman next week. Uh, I should be in Dubai right now, looking my, like getting ready for Oman. But nope. Nope. Not at all. Not even got racing in the distance. Absolutely nothing. It's great. It's great. It's fine. It's great. We're all good. It's great. It's great. There's nothing to complain about. It's great. It's great. I just want to say on a positive note, last week ends Supercross. Best ever for Max Anstey. Uh, yeah, we've got, um, we've got some Max Anstey questions this week, actually. And this week, actually, I might as well, why not? I'll say it now. Uh, the Anstey in America, it's now got a name, Anstey in America podcast show this week. So oh. if you've got a question for Maximus Anstey, Okay, how long, how long did you take to come up with that idea? Oh, don't, honestly, the name, we've been going back and forth on names like mad for the last month. So now oh. we're settled for the very, very plain and beige Anstey in America. Okay. Just, just out of curiosity, uh, what happens when he returns to GPs? Well, I said this to him. I said, what happens if like, he gets paid a million to race in Baghdad or Vietnam? Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. Okay. That's fine too. It's great. It's great. It's fine. Okay, so just going to go over like a, a rebrand every time he, yeah, he that's, let's keep chooses it fresh. a different... Okay. I think he'll be in America forever anyway, so... Um, Do you think? No, uh, yeah, the Anstey in America podcast this week. It almost was called The Max Monthly, but then that got vetoed because it sounds too much like a newspaper. Or a period. It was almost called Anstey's American Adventures, but that sounded too much like a kid's cartoon. 
Yeah, it's like, where's Wally? And on the other end of the spectrum, it was almost called Max's Memoirs, but that sounded like he was 80 years old. So, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> but we will be, um, there's a lot to break down. Start techniques. We noticed something new off the start that we considered trying. What, so, so, so we as in you sat on your computer and noticed the start technique? Oh no, I just, I just heard about it. But. <laughs> we um, have that to, dis- there's lots of interesting stuff that no one knows about, which will be discussed. Ooh, okay. So, wow. Yes. Sounds good. Yes. Just, I'm just branching out. And, and when do we foresee this show being, being out? Uh, well, it's got to be go out by the end of the month. So I guess one day next week. I think I'm doing it Friday or Saturday night. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Okay, cool. No, it'd be good to listen to everything behind the scenes, get some information. Because uh, obviously you, you don't talk about Max much anymore. You just keep it all to yourself. We might be, we maybe we'll discuss how much I need to be over there. That's a great idea. Yeah, I can, I'm totally embracing that. But um, no, it should be good. I'm actually quite excited about it because I've got quite a lot. We were discussing it because we were saying like, is it going to be boring because we're basically retracking stuff we've already talked about? But there's actually quite a lot of stuff that can, like, I feel like there's a lot of new information to bring to the table that is going to, people don't know about. So I think it's going to be an insightful and revolutionary podcast to the MXY's platform. Let's still keep pressing ahead to see if we can get you over in America, I think. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Uh, illegal to leave the, the UK for any reason other than work for until June the 30th. Well, we're not sending you anywhere for a little holiday, are we? No, but I don't, also don't think and it'd be a very be good fair, idea turning, turning into America and going, I'm here to work. <laughs> and, and to be fair, what would you actually do on holiday? I don't know. To be honest, I feel like I need a holiday. It's been a rough week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hear you. But I... What does Lewis, what would a Lewis do on holiday? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'd quite like to do it and not work, but I'd feel like I'd panic because then I'd be like, well, people are probably expecting me to work. But I, I just can't imagine you. I quite liked uh, back in the day when I got, before not, MX Vice ruined my life. Um, yeah. I quite enjoyed sitting by the, I was more of a, actually, what was, I was more of a pool guy, just sit by the pool. Well, you swept hair in a barbershop. Hmm. That's irrelevant, but okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, okay. Um, I, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think how. I mean, do, do you relax? Are you the sort uh, of guy who would sit uh, on a, a, a like on a, a sunbed and, and read a book? No, I would never read a book. I'm not from the 19th century. Okay. Um, um, so, what what does a Lewis Phillips without motocross do? To no, chill I'm, out? I'm a bit of an explorer. You're a bit of an explorer. What? Yeah. Okay. Let's, that's interesting. Let's go with that. In what way would you explore? Um, like just going on adventures, you know, just having a little look around, finding stuff. But anyway, speaking of travel, there won't be much of that going on anyway, either, because um, last night, the worst news in the world landed in my lap. Well, this has put you back another week, hasn't it? What do you mean put me back a week? Well, wasn't that the first round? Yeah. But I don't understand where the weak idea has come from. Oh, was there a, what was the break between round one and round two? No, the seasons. The, the, the first round has been postponed in it. I've got, I've got some news for you, James. If you, try, if you would host a show and take us there, I've got some information for you that's not so good. Well, t- 
tell us more. So obviously I've seen the uh, the PR. Is it PR? Because there's been no official... It was a PR from the Dutch uh, promoters. But nothing from in front at the moment. So no. this has not been clarified or anything. It's just well, Dutch promoters it's, have it's, turned it's, around it's and said... It's happening because it's the Dutch promoter, but um, obviously in front are waiting to uh, cross the T's and dot the I's on the whole calendar. Right. So... Yeah, so... Uh, so, t- Dutch... so tell us the news. For people okay. who've, who've, who don't know, tell us the news. What's going on? Well, the I first round of MXGP uh, has been postponed inevitably. Not inevitably. What's the word? don't know what the word is. Anyway, uh, I've had many phone calls this week. Someone told me August. August. I don't know what to say <laughs> other than help. <laughs> I feel like I need to, I, don't, I feel like I need to play that again because that didn't, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to say, but I got, I've, pro, I've spoken to six people this week, team people, industry people, random people, not linked. So they've, they've each got their own like uh, rumor from different people. One person told me June, that is my favorite person. Okay. Four of the other people told me July slash August. Not so keen on those people. And then uh, the final person told me August. And that person just, I, I hung up immediately. Well, I, I, I kind of think of this in a moment when I see if I can sort of play it. Uh, no, no, it's fine. You don't have sound bites, so... Okay, um, you're kind of ruining the podcast because you don't have the appropriate equipment, so... No, I think I do. Hang on, let me see if I can... Okay, maybe that's not working. Hold on. No, no, hold on. Yeah, you fucked that up. Yeah, so this is what I think of MXGP at the moment. No one knows what I mean. No one knows what that is without seeing it, so... Can't you remember the music? Yeah, I can, but not everyone who listens, not the thousands of people who listen to this podcast will know. So thanks, thank you for that. Okay, well, if you've got a soundbite, so I want a soundbite. So, yeah, um, that's basically rumours. I don't know where the rumours have come from, but rumours have started to go around and everything. And Yeah. Um, it seems as though... I would think we're going to be pushed back a month. That's kind of what I'm hoping for or thinking. But from what I've heard, there's three options. Uh, Latvia for the first round. Oss still, but I can't see that happening. I'd imagine Oss will go back to later in the season. Yep. Or Sardinia, Riola. Which... What about a UK British GP? We can have 4,000 people, can't we? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. But um... Just throwing that, that hat in the ring? No. Uh, I think all three, these are like, I'm, I'm kind of like, from the people I've spoken to, I've kind of done like an audience survey. So I'm taking, I'm taking... Is this with your five best friends? I'm putting all of their, I'm putting all of the rumors together and the averages say, Riola, Os, Latvia. I would bet on Latvia. I, if I had to bet, I would bet we're going to go Latvia and then to Riola. I just don't know when. And I would bet that both of those will be double or triple headers. That's what I think I figured. I don't know if I figured it out because I don't know if anything's official, but using what I've been told, what I know, and what I think, oh. I would bet that we're going to go Latvia and then Riola. That's what I think. I don't know when. Latvia is currently scheduled for June the 16th. So that would be nice because, what, that's only a three-week delay. So we can deal, I can deal with that. 
Just don't make me wait until August. But yeah. So, it's, so an August GP. So it starts in August and they think they're going to get 20 rounds done by August. Well, no, there'd be, then be triple headers and everything, wouldn't there? Jesus. Again, it basically, it basically, I would imagine that if we're going to push back another month, we're going to have to do triple headers and stuff anyway. Maybe not. I mean, I guess if you push back a month, you're only really losing two GPs. So they could run an 18 round championship at different venues. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just waiting for a new calendar. That's all. Well, I, I get, I'm guessing one of the issues is, is Europe's is, is obviously they're talking about a third wave of surge. So I guess in front are kind of looking at this and promoters are kind of looking at this thinking we may have some issues. Well, they want fans. That's, why, that's the uh, crux of it. In front want fans. So I don't know when that will happen. I don't know if that can happen. But obviously delaying the start is hope, holding out and hoping that that's going to happen. I personally wonder or question whether we can go to Latvia. They've obviously got a good relationship with a Kegum's promoter. So could we not start there without fans and then after five rounds, we re- reintroduce fans? So it's still not, okay, it's a bit of a financial hit, but it's not as much of a financial hit and we're at least getting the ball rolling. Because obviously we're holding out for fans, but what if that just isn't possible and we're holding out for something that actually in the, is a pipe dream? I guess they would say, or people would say it's worth holding out for because if it works, it works. But how long can we hold out for? I, mean, I, I can't know, wait forever. You, you've got to look at, you've got to look at this. Uh, uh, just to hold a British Championship round, and we've seen what a British Championship round looks like. Just to hold a British Championship round, national championship is thirty thousand, thirty thousand pounds, which is what I don't know, thirty-five thousand euros, something like that. Um, but thirty thousand pounds. So imagine how much it must cost to put on one round of MXGP. Well, it's obviously, I guess. A place like St. John, which has, who have cancelled their round for the year, that's done, no matter what. Obviously, it's different with them as opposed to Latvia or somewhere where the government is saying, we want MXGP and we like the fact... Because you, same situation, like, you've got to think about it in the sense that Latvia last year were stoked that the paddock were going to Riga because it was still money coming in. Like, okay, there wasn't fans travelling there, but between the 2,000 mechanics, journalists, riders, riders' families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who went there, we, as a collective, still pumped some money into their economy. So one year on, you've got to think that there are certain governments that are even more keen for MXGP to go there and do that. When you think about it, we were there for 10 days, so like we put some decent money into hotels. Like it cost MX Vice a grand, I think, for the hotel for that week. So like do that math for the 2,000 people. And... um. Riga got a nice little injection of cash flow. I guess so, with rental cars, obviously flights, because you, you probably use their airline. And then food, and then like fuel even. Like, so it's just different strokes for different folks. Some rounds, like St. John, which is completely independent and like whatever, a mo- just an old-fashioned little club who runs a GP, obviously they need fans. Without fans, that's effectively why they cancelled their GP, because they were, tr- they were doing... Um, like estimates on what it would be like to run a GP with 3,000 people, 5,000 people, 7,000 people, and none of those things added up. No, I can imagine. So this is what I'm saying. Whereas for rounds that are government-aided or funded, maybe we could start with those I mean, and then see how we get on, but I don't know. I'm just... 
curious to see what this next calendar says. Um, Why don't you give uh, David a call and just maybe sort of offer your services? Because you obviously got this sort of all thought out. Well, I've been, I've been putting a lot of thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident we can do this. <laughs> I really feel like we can go racing if we just, I don't know. <laughs> you, your calculator and an Excel spreadsheet. They are ready. But um, no, I don't know when there's a new calendar coming. I don't even know. The thing is, they don't want to get into the same trap as they were in last year where they're just releasing calendar after calendar after calendar. So, but then also, how can you possibly release a calendar at the moment and have confidence in what you're saying? Yeah. So it's like, I don't, it's just a weird situation. And I feel like the best thing that anyone could do is just sit back and hope for the best. Well, we're not going anywhere at the moment, are we? No. Obviously, you hate to break that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have chosen my words a bit more wisely. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for putting it very plainly to me. <laughs> but no, we'll see what happens. I know that a lot of teams and riders don't want triple headers again. What, just why, because, why were they against that? Well, just because three times at the same track gets a little much. Everyone, I think everyone would be quite happy with double headers. Mm-hmm. Which could work, like, I've kind of, in my head, I've been thinking that... Back to back well, weeks. Well, no, could you not do it as, and I'm not sure how to explain this in the clearest way, could you not do it as, um, say, uh, Sunday, Tuesday in Trentino, for example. So Sunday, Tuesday in Trentino, we will leave, and then that's it, weekend off, following Thursday in Spain, or wherever you want to go next, and then the Sunday. So, so in a three-week span, if you, you're effectively getting one more GP out of those three weeks. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, total sense. I just don't know whether it's, you know. So we, before we were doing Sunday, Tuesday. No, what were we doing? What Sunday? What, were we, what the hell were we doing last year? Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, Supercross, it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't help. But, but the, the, the reason why that worked was because you could run three GPs from one venue at, at such a reduced price on costs. When, when, you're, when you start talking about doing two and then moving on to another you know, country, then it's to build up the put-down, um, the, the cost of logistics, fuel, uh, everything. So it's, I, I can see why they, they would want to have as many rangs as possible in such a short spirit, period of time. Um, one thing I've been thinking about, which I'm interested to see how it shakes out, is if we end up in a situation identical to last year where, we've, where we get 18 rounds, 20 rounds, 15 rounds, but we only do those at eight tracks, seven tracks, whatever. I'm interested if the tracks from last year get priority because they got us out of a bind a year ago, or if the tracks that had to cancel last year get priority because they've already missed one GP. Like, I'm interested to know how that whole thing would work out. I think that's an easy, an easy choice, isn't it? The ones which have, have, have actually got a, you know, a project they can put in place which works, which is cost-effective, are going to get the nod, aren't they? You would have thought any, any federation or any country that is p- pumping uh, when, who hasn't got like a, the country back in it they've got to be thinking uh, I think we should probably hold off 
Yeah, I guess I because guess it's that whole, reason it's, why it's, it's the whole monetary thing. But not only is the the whole monetary thing, but it's also about getting people into the country. I mean, we've got the same we've got problem at the moment in the UK where if if, if you're not if you're not basically if if you want to go on holiday, you can, but you're going to be paying five thousand pound when you get back. Well, that's an expensive holiday. It is, unless you just paid thirty thousand pound to go somewhere, then it's just all relative. If you can afford thirty grand for a holiday, you can afford five grand to pay when you get back. It just uh, stops the you know, everyday people from doing it. So, um, so we don't know when we're starting. I don't think May the twenty third is going to happen. Maybe, maybe Latvia can. Like at the end of the day, this is an MXGP that's been postponed. This is an MXGP of the Netherlands. So maybe we can bring Latvia forward to that May date. Unlikely, but maybe. But some of us can cling to that. So we don't know when we're going to go racing. The problem is now, if it's July, say it's the middle of July, that is four months away, Jesus Christ. That is four months away, effectively. Which, in a normal situation, that's like being having a February start, like we would have, and starting in November. I mean, or that would be like having a February start, but we're in November now like similar gap. So if we are waiting that long and it is going to be mid-July for the first round, teams and riders are effectively going to go back into off-season because they can't just keep hammering motos out from now until July because it's going to be another long year. It's funny, actually. It's, a, it's funny in a ha-ha, that's a shit joke kind of way. You know, last year when the calendar came out, everyone was like, we're going to have so little prep for 2021 because we all thought it would be normal now. Yeah. Well, joke's on us because we've got the longest off-season ever. Well, if it, if it does move into August, will we expect a demonstration outside the Swiss Embassy in London by you on your own with a placard saying, bring it Why back? the Swiss Embassy? Why aren't they based in Switzerland, their head office? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You imagine I'd probably um, chain myself to something somewhere. Yeah, I can just imagine. Or maybe I'll try and like, like... Losing your shit, though. Maybe if I really, maybe I could find a local practice track and then run my own GP. What with toy bikes? No, I can see if anyone wants to come over. Prize money, 50 quid to the winner. <laughs> I'm sure Perlins um, and guys would be all straight over here for 50 quid. But seriously, how are you going to cope? I don't know. To be honest, it's, we may, you may not hear from me for a while. Hmm. It's a good job we've got the British show, hey? Yep, because there's a lot happening there as well. Oh, hang on a minute. Does that mean you're going to start coming over to the British show? No, nope, because there's absolutely nothing happening here either. Why not? I thought it's all get all systems go for the first round of the British. Well, it's been cancelled and a new date hasn't been announced. So <laughs> that doesn't sound like all systems go to me. Wow, I thought only two days ago they were posting pictures of building a track and stuff. What? Wait, what? Have I missed... What? Are you, what? What? I, maybe Where we're seeing two see different that? things. I've seen it on their um, Instagram page. Who's The British Championships? Yeah. Hold on. Can't imagine they're building a track now for like... Not building a track, but they were literally getting ready and... I'm sure I've seen some pictures of it. What, uh, what even is the British... Oh, ACU British, isn't it? Um, no, nothing on their Instagram that suggests that there's a track getting ready. <laughs> Good to see that you've got a good handle on the British podcast, though. Yeah, well, I think they must have taken it down then. There's definitely one up there. 
What are you talking about, Willis? Is that from what different are you strokes? About, Willis? No, it's Do from you... Hangover. Oh. But that was from the original show. I don't know. It's from Hangover. Different strokes. What are you talking about, Willis? Oh, my God. You, you know that you moan at me about taking a show down to a, a really, like, negative level? Yes. I think you, you need to play this one back to yourself. Well, uh, Right, okay. So, so domestic races, anything on? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fuck all, James. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, well, this is I'm not going to lie to you, James. It's pretty shit. This is, this is an interesting podcast. I'm really glad I popped in today to cheer myself up chatting to you. I'm not going to lie to you, James. We're in a very shit situation right now. <laughs> Absolutely fuck all is happening. Right, so, uh, brilliant. I really hope you guys enjoyed episode 64. <laughs> Of the MXY Show podcast. That's it, basically. There's no, um, all going on. There is a Spanish championship happening at some point. Dutch, no Masters, has, Dutch Masters has been delayed now. Uh, the British should be starting in May, but who knows? Like, who knows? Um, uh, I see Paris is back into lockdown. Germany just extended their lockdown. The Netherlands have extended their lockdown. Nope. Yeah, no. brilliant. So, yeah. Formula One starts this weekend. Yeah. Lucky bastards. I think there's a boxing match as well. Like Dylan <laughs> White and Povotkin. So, there's some UFC on as well. Maybe we should start doing the UFC podcast. They, those guys found a way around it. I just... I tell you what, I cannot wait to talk about racing again. Will there ever be any racing? Yes, of course there will be. Otherwise, I'll have to start playing that sad song again. Damn it. Right. Well, let's wrap this up. What, the, the first part of the show? First, first part. Well, I, there's, I just don't know where we can go from here. Well, um, I've got a few things to talk about, but we could come back. We'll come back after the advert with questions. We'll come and... back. Yeah. Fly racing has redefined expectations and safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Test on the most advanced equipment in the world. The Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell. The Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed again. So thank you for listening to the MX5 Show podcast. Uh, that's it. We're, we're done now for uh, possibly about three months. So uh, people, people might sh- sh- there. I can't get. Oh, Jesus, I think I just stroke. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, did I just cause you to have a stroke? <laughs> no, no. People no, might we'll sh- turn the podcast. People we'll might turn the podcast off week. now. You're only going to an advert. We've got. We've got. Um, are you smarter than a birth with a new twist again? Oh, great. And we'll be back with. Leah, ask Vice anything questions after the break. We'll see you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, 
Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brock's Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part two of the MX Vice Show podcast. Episode 64, yes, we're still going. Strong. Unlike racing at the moment, if you listen to the first half and you you know you're sticking with us, actually, if you if you do need help, there is citizen advice. Uh, also, send Lewis an email lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. Uh, he's obviously in a bad way. He'd like to hear from anybody else who's in a bad way because of no racing. So uh, it's just where you know all you guys can 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 kind of talk and get together. Part two is brought to you by Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson and close to home too. Visit https www.technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. Um, that's actually quite a handy little thing. Obviously, last year we banged on and on and on about how you can travel to Technical Touch in Lommel, uh, Belgium, and get the same suspension as the pros. Uh, and we talked about how amazing that is and what a brilliant opportunity that is. Well, it's just got a little more amazinger um, because well, now you can do that. like me. Uh, you can do that closer to home. Any country around Europe now, there's going to be technical touch by K- or KYB by technical touch um, authorized dealers. So you can get that same experience without the travel. So basically, I, I don't know what more you could want. Like so many people put pump money into suspension. This is, this is it. This is the ultimate. You can't get a better experience from this than this if you're a uh, weekend warrior or an average rider. 
Well, interestingly, I, I spoke to uh, Brad Turner, who um, is worked with Makalesi on his suspension before, from, from the West Country, obviously. And he was telling me that uh, the KYB stuff, which I showed him, literally, they send it to you, you get it set up, and away you go. It's, it literally hasn't get set up, you get it installed. We, um... and, and Brad basically said, if you, if you get that, you wouldn't need me. So I was quite dis- despondent, because obviously I need Brad. The, um, we'll have more information about the technical touch thing, uh, the new um, authorized dealers coming up. But if you go to their website, you don't have to follow that long link. You can just go to Technical Touch's website and then click the dealers tab. On there, there's a map that shows you the dealers in your country, like Germany, France, Italy. I think there's one or two in the UK, but I think there's more coming. So yeah, well worth checking out. Uh, definitely. I think that's a good thing. I feel like if there's one thing you can take from this podcast that's positive, it's that, oh my God, you can get basically factory suspension on your doorstep. I don't know why you're still listening to this podcast. Go and do it. Well, actually, if you're in the UK and uh, there's two really good people in the UK for suspension-wise, there's Ian Bailey at Moto33 Suspension. Ian was one of the... A mechanics at uh, Oakleaf, Kawasaki, I think, back in the day. And there's Mark Rothwell from RSS. I've worked with Mark um, over the years of suspension. Both guys really, really good, really know the stuff. So, um, yeah, there we go. If you're in the UK, obviously. Right, Lewis. It's that time. What time is it, Lewis? <laughs> it sounds senile. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just me trying to you know go away from Including the norm and, and go crazy and include you. Were, yeah. What you wanted to say was, have we got any questions this week, Lewis? Uh, no, it's uh, Liat. Ask Vice anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot to their range, the all new four point five. This boot offers many of the features from the Super Festival. Liat 5.5 flex lock boot with advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. So Lewis, looks like we have a few questions, even though there's a call going on. Are you ready? Sure am. Okay. At PhilWhite192, is Lewis going to be the media presence at the Corsham Club Championships this year, putting results up for the birth fans and such. Well, there's reason to this, Lewis, because I'm in the over 45 veterans. Yeah, I got that by the way that you said putting results up for the birth fans. Yeah. Good luck to you. Be sure to don't bother messaging me with how you got on or anything because I don't really care. Well, um, it, it's a real shame because obviously now that the GPs have been put back, I've spoken to Andrew and he's going to be trackside getting photos of me and Sean and Wes are going to do an MXGP style video of me. So it'd be a real shame for you to be the guy who um, doesn't support fellow uh, colleagues. I um, So if you don't want to write my PR, then that's up to you. It's a toss up, but I think I'd rather light myself on fire. See, that's, that's just the difference, hey? There's people in, in the business where we all, you know, support each other, and then there's you. Um, Never yeah, change, Lewis. Well, Never change. 
Uh, at Weekend Warrior Blog, sorry if this possibly upsets Lewis. Oh, I like this already. But are we looking at a long delay to the start of the GPs with countries on the continent going into more lockdowns? The Netherlands seem to have banned all sporting events until July and St. John gone too. How are you feeling, Lewis? Um, well, Weekend Warrior Blog. Thank you for bringing that up again, because I really needed that. Um, we are looking at a long delay, as mentioned previously. We hope for June. Maybe we get July. Maybe August. But all we can do is stand together, a united front, and get through this. Can't do it, can you? Just can't sit there quietly. Can't sit there quietly. I feel um, like your funeral music is is quite somber, and I just want to probably... And then mine just gets me going. So, um, no, yeah, I, I hope for June. Honestly, if I had to go to a bookies now and put money on it... Have you ever been in the bookies? Uh, no. Why would I? Well, you just said that if I was to go to a bookies... Well, I was going to say casino, never, but I guess you can't you do never, that in a casino. If you've never been to a bookies, how would you even know what you're doing? Well, I've been to a casino, but I've never... Like, anyway, if I, if I had to put money on it, I would probably say July. You've been to a casino? We hope for Ju- June. Okay. You honestly believe June? No, I... I, I don't reckon anything's People who listen August. to the podcast, people who listen to the podcast will have known what I just said, which was, if I had to put money on it, I'd say July, but we hope for June. It's going to be so. August. It's going to be August. What are you going to, like, what are you going to do from now to August? Like, Literally, seriously, just, what are you going to do? this at the beginning of the show. Braden Boot asks... Oh, my God. Is that your phone? Yeah. Honestly, that's why I have it on silent, because everybody phones me. Is it on I, silent? Because I can hear it. No, I've been on silent now. I only, put, I only turned it on so I could play my funeral music. At Braden Boot, I feel like everyone is really understating or underrating Benistan. I see him as the best rookie in 2021. I, I don't think anyone would argue against that. Especially overall end of the season. People are underrating him as far as like comparing him to uh, uh, Gertz and Viao and like yeah. talking about him as a potential winner. But as far as comparing him to other rookies, um, I don't think anyone's underrating him compared to Guadagnini. I think the difference you're finding is that uh, Guadagnini is quite a, um, a flashy person. Like, he's got vlogs. He's, got, he's out there. Uh, whereas Bediston is quiet and like, just not really, doesn't really have much would of a you presence. Say one's an introvert and one's an extrovert? Uh, sure. Well, just, different, just different personalities. And one personality leads you to people to like, not really talk about one. Um, and one obviously keeps uh, Guadagnini's profiles at the front of, your, uh, front of your mind. But I would definitely bet on Beniston beating Guadagnini in the end of season points. And we kind of agreed that the, the benchmark for a good rookie year would be what Moustak done. Yeah. Last, last I year, think, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see Beniston being sixth or seventh in the championship. Couple of podiums, maybe not a moto win, but definitely sixth or seventh in the championship. Couple of podiums. Happy days. Can't see anything okay. wrong with that. So as long as he gets that, we're all good. Successful season. Okay. Whereas Guardinini uh, on the other end will probably be a bit flashier and a bit crashier. Oh, I like that. A bit flashier and a bit crashier. I like, I like Guadagini. 
What do I? Good style. Good style. At Edward G05, what is the difference between the two sides of Red Bull KTM? Aren't they just uh, a silhouette of the ball, which are just, you know, same thing, but both sides, not that one? I've no idea what you're talking about. In fact, it's the same thing. There's no difference in equipment. There's no difference in, um, there's no difference in anything that actually makes a difference out on track. Like, it's not like one side's got more money or one side pays riders better. Or, like, it's nothing like that. It's merely just a case of one is Austrian, I guess, through and through, and one is Italian. I guess you'd almost talk it, you'd, you'd almost talk about it in a way of one is almost, one is an in house program and one is an outsourced program. That only happened through Caroli obviously coming to KTM in 2010 and bringing Ducali with him. So it's from, if you go to a GP, you notice no different because they're out of the same structure you know, different trucks but like the audience are joined together so once it like there's no real difference like there's no real story there except one is italian and one isn't could you see uh could you see them changing that eventually once caroli retires and then they bring prado over to the in-house factory in no because prado was there remember sure but do you think they could they would bring him back no because that was prado's decision to go over to Ducali, and um now that Ducali has got another young hotshot Italian, and also um, Claudio Ducali's son, Davide. Davide? Davide, I think. Who's the young hotshot Italian they got? Uh, Guadagnini. Okay. Welcome to the sport. Sure. Claudio Ducali's son, Davide, Davide, whatever I said, as kind of, he's kind of like taking more and more of that role that Claudio has. So... When Claudio eventually steps away, I imagine things will continue as they are uh, under his son. But it will be interesting. Once Crowley retires, it will be interesting to see. I don't think it will, but it'll be interesting to see if that dynamic shifts at all. Yeah. Effectively, I think what will happen is rather than it being Crowley's crew, it will be Prado's crew. Simple as. Mm-hmm. Okay. At Cowcrossland26, non-industry sponsors, how much is really in it for them. Hmm. This is, see, this is interesting because I've wanted, so I work with a couple of teams and I've wanted to do this for a while, but I always forget. So in America, the teams hand brochures out to sponsors that have the minutes of coverage they have, like outside of, like, so... The team put in there that the team was shown on television for X amount of minutes. Like it's obviously a massive project to put together to go through and watch every race and like write down the amount of minutes. But a good idea. And uh, yeah. So they had this brochure that said um, minutes of t- the team was on TV uh, for this amount of minutes. The team was featured on Racer X for this amount of words and this amount of pages. And I only know about this because some uh, MX Vice was on there, which is quite cool. So I think if you can convey that to a sponsor, there's a lot to be had in a sport. Not to mention that value for money versus actual cost is really good compared to other sports. But I think if you meant... If a new sponsor comes in and sponsors Factory Yamaha, they obviously get the benefit of results, they get the benefit of rider presence, but then add in rider social media, and then add in like even trickles down to us talking about the team on this podcast... It all counts. It's all added value. So if, if a team actually pulled all of that in, it's actually 
a lot of value to be had at a very low price compared to um, other sports. Like I was watching the uh, Formula One series on Netflix and uh, the Haas team manager was having a meeting with a potential sponsor in Germany. The bloody nutter wanted 15 million for this sponsorship deal. You could buy half a, you could buy the entire paddock for 15 million. I could, if I was a company with 15 million, I'd have every team in the MXGP paddock. Everything. It wouldn't even be called MXGP anymore. It'd be called Lewis Enterprises. Interestingly, uh, and this is a fact, um, as I was told by, uh, you know, the person who, who sorted this deal. Uh, when uh, Fiat were looking, uh, were looking around, pound for pound in uh, sports, MXGP was the best money they could, they could basically get pound for pound, but give them the maximum exposure. So they looked at this with pickups and vans, um, and that's what gave them so much more exposure for their money than any other sport. So that's an interesting concept. And in, in interestingly, they went to MXGP. So Fiat, MXGP was on Fiat's uh, radar. So there are um, big brands out there that, that do look, uh, who are looking for obviously TV coverage, also demographics. Uh, you have to realize that there's a young, younger generation uh, who are involved in, um, in, in dirt bikes, in, in, in getting on bikes at a young age, especially electric bikes and striders and stuff like that. That introduction now is even younger than it's ever been. So for brands, if they want to influence people coming through, then motocross is, is a great pathway. I guess it's down to the marketing professionals themselves to uh, connect uh, the dots between uh, what there is to offer in MXGP and um, to potential brands. It's, it's true. Fiat, Fiat went to MXGP and, and they got a great return. Bangford, like I know for a satellite team in MXGP, for a good satellite team in MXGP that um, does like one of the better ones, it is 1.5 million to get through the season. So if you're a sponsor, who is paying 15 million for an F1 team and you break off a million of that for this satellite team, this satellite team, you'll be bloody everywhere. Like, that's... And it's only... It's a X amount of percentage of that 15 million. Like, there is value. It's just a... It's, hot. it's just a... Obviously a tough slog to make people notice it or, like, take note of it. Yeah. It, it, it is that... If you're a brand looking at it, you kind of got to think, right, okay, I can go to, what, what is my demographic? Who am I looking at? You know, football is, uh, a, you know, such a very demographic and also hugely competitive and very pricey. And then, you know, it's like everything, even darts and, and whatever, whatever's on, on TV. So you got to think that if you're a brand, especially if you think about of people who are self-employed, so tools, uh, you know, fuel, vans, basically equipment which people within motocross would, would use anyway, but also what would help their, aid their businesses. In, in, and to be able to, you've got, you got to think that, you know, we've seen over the years like Makita and, uh, you know, obviously quite, quite recently BuildBase, where people, for instance, I know that every drill or every DOI bit I own is Makita just because I freaking love Ricky Carmichael and Makita Suzuki. So every, every tool I buy now is Makita. I don't, I don't, even if there's something cheaper or whatever, I'll still buy Makita. 
Christ, I think, that's value you for money if they haven't sponsored motocross in over 10 years. <laughs> exactly, and still getting sales from it. But this is, I, I think that's where motocross is a little bit different as well to, um, you know, to, to, to other sports where I think motocross people are fiercely loyal. Oh, good question anyway. I think um, as well, for it to work, uh, you've got to have, the team or rider would have to be proactive, but so would the company on the marketing side. Slapping a logo on the team or the bike or a jersey is one thing, but if they actually made this, um, like if they actually squeezed the orange to get the most juice out of it, then there's a lot to be had as far as like social media posts and stuff like that. And like, oh, when you're doing a post-race podcast with MX Vice, make sure you mention the team name. That's in the con. Like, there's a lot of different avenues and ways of getting the message out in this sport as opposed to others. But yeah, you've just got to have one, both sides have got to be wise to that. Like, for instance, uh, actually, I'm not going to say that. Well, look, look at I'm it this way. Uh, you're quite right. If, if a brand's coming into the sport, they can't just pump a load of money into it and just let MXGP or the British Championship or whatever, Dutch Masters or a team or whatever, get on with it. They, they need to work to have somebody working on brand activation. And, and the other thing is, is, is look at it this way. You're a brand and you're going to invest half a million pounds into a motocross team, yeah? Then it's going to cost you possibly 25000 for a really good brand activator, marketing person. Uh, and then it's going to probably cost you 20000 to send them around the GP circuit. So, so if you're going to spend half a million, then you want to be making sure you're investing £50,000 in making sure that you're actually communicating your sponsorship in that brand and getting the most from it um, and not leaving it down to a team or a, a rider. You need somebody who is, is going to be in control of that. So, I mean, that's the first thing where failure comes is when uh, somebody pays somebody a, a large amount of money and, and fully expect to, to get the, what they expect to deliver. The expectations are different. So, it, you know, you've only got to look at what Monster put into the sport say for MXGP and motocross and the, the personnel that they have at every GP to make sure that works. Yeah. Like we, we, we work with them, so we know exactly what they, they put into it um, and, and what, exactly what they get out of it. And it works. So, and, and there's no, I think I just seen something the other day I read on LinkedIn that Monster is, is brand-wise is, and share-wise is performed better than Apple and everything else. And, you got to think that those guys have done a lot right, and in they, they they need you need to look at what Monster Energy have done, uh, branding and marketing to to really understand how you get the return from from that. So this is um this is probably a good way. This is two quite good examples probably. Milwaukee obviously sponsored the Hitachi team. Yep. I don't think I would have known what Milwaukee is. I thought it was a milkshake. I've got to be honest. I don't think I would. I genuinely don't think I, like, maybe I'm forgetting that I didn't already know, but I don't think I would know what Milwaukee did unless they'd sponsored that team. So that's good. no idea who they were. And B, another example, British rather than GPs, but obviously in Britain there was a team, uh, Bill Base Honda, for eight years, nine years. And the amount of times I said or typed build base, probably a thousand plus. However, there probably could have also been more done there to push people to build base. Ebbs and flows. Yeah, I, I, I think, 
I think there's a lot of value. Um, it depends on what your target market is. And if your target market is is the demographics what's within motocross, I think yeah, it's, 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 it's an easy win. All right, let's move on. Uh, Matt Jones, do you think we will see any 252 strokes in the MX2 GPs like, have the, like they've done at British, uh, British level? Uh, no. No? No. Um, because, A, it's considered an advantage, and B, uh, not all manufacturers make one. So by doing that, you're effectively alienating 50% of the manufacturers. So, no, I'm surprised. I actually forgot they did that in Britain, and I'm surprised they did it. And I'm surprised. Yeah, now that I remember that, it's like, oh, well, that's surprising. But, would yeah. Would Lipucci be all over that? Um, well, Fantic as a whole, like that would be great for Fantic as a manufacturer, and even um, Yamaha, uh, Beta. even Beta, yeah, maybe even Sherco throwing a hat in the ring. Who knows? Uh, right, okay. At a Ford two three eight, what's happening with the British Championship? Uh, you're the host of a British podcast, James. Why don't you tell us? Aren't they? Didn't you say they were prepping a track? Uh, well, interestingly, um, we sent uh, a message last week to ask for the entry lists in in bits and pieces for uh, the British Championship and the MCA Championship. The British Championship said they couldn't give us any of the information and it would be when the information is available it'll be on their website so that was that so i haven't got a fucking clue what's going on there and i genuinely thought i seen something on instagram which was them prepping a track saying we are ready blah 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 and now you're telling me that it's not there so I either, genuinely have no idea what you would have seen like maybe that did go up either that's been taken down or I've took way too much acid. Like, what would you have said? Like, do you remember what track was being prepped? No, I can't remember what track it was, but I, I genuinely thought it was um, stuff going on at Cullum or whatever. Well, with like banners going if, up um, and stuff like that. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but even if it was going ahead on the date that was planned, which was April the 12th, yeah, this would be early to be in there prepping with vans and stuff. Well, it's a new year. I just, I don't, know, I don't know why you've seen that, but I've been on their Instagram and there is no proof of that. So, but um, from what I've heard, the goal is a May start and it sounds like the rounds could be coming in um, uh, thick and fast. Okay, you've got to think, if GPs so, isn't so going to start that, until July... So sorry, that's what you've heard, but that's not like a PR or no, no communication nothing's or nothing. Out. No, nothing's confirmed yet. Um, same as GPs. It's all just... Um, Going uh, on rumors, in the background. Rumours. Okay. You've got to think, if GPs doesn't start until end of June, July, and the British Championship can get going, that could be a hotspot for GP riders, some, at least. I don't think so. Well, I mean, if they can't get into the country without paying five grand, that's a, that's a slight issue, but... Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it will happen. Okay. Blake Maitland, does MX Vice follow the New Zealand and Austrian MX and SX series? Do you, Lewis? Blake's asked this question three weeks in a row, so I felt like we should put it in. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Do, do you ignore Blake like you ignore the Australian and New Zealand Supercross and Motocross series, Lewis? Uh, no, we don't ignore them at all. I actually 
final results from those championships quite interesting. They're not the easiest to follow as far as like not a lot of information is presented to the international media, I don't feel. But I'm um, interested to see how the Australian series goes this year because obviously it's under new management. So I'm interested to see, um, I think it starts April the 11th. So, yeah. no, it's, uh, they are good championships. So, and I, I used to be a New Zealand representative myself. So, And I know um, previously I've spoken to, is it Adam Bailey who hosts the, the Australian Supercross? Ozex Open. Ozex Open about, you know, getting involved or doing something or helping promote it or whatever. And we were hoping to, to do something on that. And also, um, I think there was a, a guy called Simon Radford who used to run the, pretty sure it was a Facebook account for the, for the motocross championships. I think, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what you do, but we have tried previously in the, in the past to try and uh, do as much as possible. But I guess it's a bit like what you just said, it's, it's a bit hard to, sometimes um, you need people to kind of approach you as well. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, no, it's just whether results... For instance, the Spanish championship the other week, I spent over an hour trying to find the results. So, like, I almost gave up. What I, what I don't understand, though, is why don't these associations and stuff like that, why aren't they promoting their championships? Because I know it's a national championship, but there are people around the world that are interested. And obviously, it'd bring in more sponsors and more... I, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it strange. But it's like with everything, every... What championships do you get sent information from? The Italian one we do. Yeah, but it's always they're pretty hot. Yeah, yeah but that, to be fair, I don't really use the I don't really use any information I'm sent because I just know where to look. So I just yeah, but sure. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, I just you know that was the question to us was that do you get sent any? Oh, I don't know. I get sent lots of emails. Great. I get sent, uh, I get sent stuff for every championship, really, except for the Spanish. Okay. So you get sent for stuff for the New Zealand and Australian, Australian Championship? Uh, Australian, yeah. New Zealand, no. But New Zealand Championship is not on the same level as Australian, as far as like... Do you get sent stuff for, from, uh, from France? <laughs> okay, let's just run through every country. ADAC. Okay, okay. Let's, let's go through the world. Okay. Next question. Okay. At Hank Lewis, can Eli Tomac beat Ken Roxon for second in the championship? I was thinking about this the other day. I think that is more likely than Roxon beating Webb for the championship. I think it's more likely that Roxon goes backwards than he goes forwards, it points-wise. No, I... I, yeah. I wish I had a suck sound effect to symbolise the excitement being sucked out of the title fight. I know, I'm kind of pissed off of everything I read online. It's like, everybody's so like, oh, Roxon's thrown it away, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, Webb's, you know... Roxon's got to be nasty if he wants to win a championship. And then it's like, you've you seen that Cooper Webb crash last year, yeah? Like anything I can did, happen. Yep. So it's like, why are people just writing it all off and anything can happen? Look, I, I just think it's shit. That's just my opinion anyway. Yeah, but you're mis- wait, 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 I saw your tweet. I can't remember what it said, but I think I disagreed with you. Shocker, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know where you're going with this because that's just obvious. Hold on, let me... What did your tweet say? My tweet Fine. basically said, look, um, look, everybody stop stressing about Roxon. Look, he's, he's, not in, he's going through this. He's not been injured. After everything he's gone through in the past, he's second in the championship. And he's healthy. It's like, 
can he not can you not he can he not just do that? The the thing is, there is no problem here. But there is no problem. But people are making but, it a problem. No, because people are allowed to people are allowed to say like, "Come on." I I personally feel like that win was thrown away. That's an okay opinion to have. I'm not I saying agree, I want to light rocks on fire. But why is nobody on Tomac's back? He's the reigning champion. He should be pissing this series. Because, well, no, not, no, just, everything you just said there, just no to all of it. Why? A, everyone was on Tomac's back months ago, uh, like January and February, so everyone's kind of done with that now. Like, it is what it is. We've kind of seen, like, it's not like this is a new thing. He's been like it since round one. Uh, B, he shouldn't be pissing the series. Uh, he was tied with Roxon for the red plate last year when it series went to the COVID break. Uh, and also, Webb, I still believe Webb would have won a championship last year had he not crashed in um, Arlington. But if some, if, if, if some butts were candy and nuts. Where the fuck do you get these things uh, from? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard, I've heard that quite a lot. If, if some butts were candy and nuts. Uh, and C... I don't know what my C. I don't know what my C point was, but I no. I'm not saying that Roxon needs to go and light himself on fire, but sure, I'm like I'm a bit like oh, that's a shame that he was 16 points up and now he's 15 down or whatever it is. I know. I personally feel like that win was thrown away. Doesn't mean I like I. I'm not a fan, or I feel like. This is ridiculous. I just feel like that was a key opportunity that was blown. Sure. I mean, from what I read online, it was like he just literally, I don't know, either killed somebody or it just, you know. I didn't see anything that bad. I just saw, I just saw people that were like, Just negative Nancys. Just like, cut, like, really? Anyway, it's obviously, obviously I'm a minority, maybe. I think I it's know. a realisation that the title fight everyone wants is kind of not going to materialise. I think that's where the frustration right, ha, ha, comes How from. many more rounds is left? Five. It's not over then, is it? Because it is. Well, that's what you're everybody's saying. So okay. It's not over. Okay. One wait, mistake, wait, wait, one wait. DNF, one crash, it's not, it's not over. So you're saying it's not over? 50 quid, I say Webb wins the championship. You want to put 50 quid on Roxon? I'm not betting with you. <laughs> Damn it. I thought that was an easy win there. I know, I'm not betting with you, but I'm just saying, it's not, it's not over, is it? It's like... No, but... It, no, but... No, not if you look at the results, but if you watch the races, clearly, yes. I mean, Webb's gone 1-1-2-1-1-1. One, 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 one. So... Yeah, he's like, hit a bit of form. But that was the same bit, form as what... A bit of form. Yeah, but that was the same as what Roxon when, when Roxon put three races together and, and was solid. You know, it's like... It could quite easily swing the other way. Yeah, but even I think even at this point, like Roxon needs a bit of luck. Sure, but all I'm saying is that you just can't rule this stuff out. I, the one thing I don't understand is um, on the podium, Roxon said something along the lines of, uh, "I'm happy with this second. We're working our way back." And the one thing I don't understand about that is, what are we working our way back from? Because yeah, you had a rough couple of races, but it's not like you were injured or anything. So. What, why does this need a rebuilding process? I don't understand. Don't like, they alluding the whole... to the settings, what they changed on the bike? Yeah, but that doesn't need a, re- a rebuilding process of working our way back. 
I don't think. Like maybe, the, maybe someone changed the sentence and forgot what they changed them to. That confused me a bit. I wish I could remember his exact words. Yeah, Dave, um, where's that bit of paper with those settings on? I don't know. No, I really, I really didn't think that he was going to lose that race. Yeah, I just, I just feel like that was an opportunity blown. Like uh, Webb was on the outside of him in most, in multiple turns. Like he could have quite easily just run it in there a tiny bit, spooked him. Yeah. But no, okay. that's just not the way he does it. So, so be it. Well. I, I still want Roxon to win this championship, as I've said many times, but I, be, I want Roxon to win it, but I believe Webb is going to do it, and I believe Webb will be your champion next year and probably the year after. Well, that's, that's great. Thanks, Lewis. Uh, we're going to press pause on this, Leah. Ask Vice anything. We'll be back with some more questions after the break. See you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice Show podcast. And now is us thinking there was nothing to talk about. Hey, Lewis. Yeah. Hey, James. Mm. Uh, Leah asked Vice anything brings you to questions every week. Leah has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot set arranged, the all new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Leah 5.5 Flex Lock boot with advanced technology like slide lock closure system, an extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for 254 or 299. We're going to be grabbing some uh, Liat boots soon to test, aren't we? Uh, that is a plan. That is a plan. Yeah, that'd be good to uh, find more. out exactly Lots. what these are. Well, actually what they're like. Okay, we were talking, uh, Liat asked for us anything questions. Huge thanks to uh, Henke and Lewis for his question before. Uh, and just to just to clarify, do you think Tomac will finish above Roxon if you believe that Webb is going to win wrap up the championship like you do? No, I don't think I don't think he will. But I think it's more likely than uh, it going the other way. And actually, it wouldn't surprise me if he does. Okay. 
what is that gap? 23 points? I think Roxon's 15 down and Tomac's 38, if I remember right. Wouldn't surprise me, because I'd imagine that these Atlanta rounds are going to suit Tomac. But then again, Tomac isn't Tomac. Well, again, you never know, do you? I mean, it, I, I, to be honest, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, I'm not Webb's biggest fan, but at the same time, he's doing well. So, he is doing well, yes. Great analysis on the podcast. He is doing well. It's very impressive. He is doing well. But it's like you can't knock another competitor just because, you know, someone's riding well, in form, and, and pretty dominant. You, you, I know we all want to see it about and everything else, but can't take nothing away from... Cooper Webb is, is on fire. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing as when Hurlins is on fire. Do we all start... Oh. Oh, Geyser, Caroli. Oh. You know what we do start? What? The next question, potentially. Okay. At Chris United 93, is it worrying for the sport that its defending champion comes out and says he's glad the pressure's off? Is it Tomac's way of shifting all the media focus to Ken and Cooper so he can focus on the outdoor assault? I don't remember him saying this, but he's... Or is he, or is he, I feel like the way that's written makes it sound as if he's glad the pressure's off this year. But I think it was said in the way of he's glad the pressure's off as in he got the title last year. So finally, after everyone basically going, what the hell is going on over and over and over, he finally got it done. It's just natural, isn't it? Like if you work for something for years and years and years and years, and then you finally get it after, truth be told, screwing it up, in previous years, then um, of course that's going to be a bit of relief. <laughs> that, that kind of sounds like, yeah, Kawasaki, got you your title. I'm just going to check out now and just write, just write about in the, for the last remaining years of my contract. No, I don't. I genuinely, I don't, I've listened to every press conference, every TV interview, and I don't remember him saying that. But in, but in, the, in the context of last year's title, yeah, but not now. But either way, it's been a weird year for Tomac. I'm not sure anyone will ever get to the bottom of why. Uh, I do think it partly is to do with winning the championship last year, but I also partly think it's the fact that um, uh, Roxon and Webb have stepped it up. Because as I say, um, Webb had Tomac either A, covered, or B, could match his pace at Salt Lake City last year. Like it was those two going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So it's not surprising that Webb can beat Tomac and on a similar note, before we went to Salt Lake City, Roxham was kind of matching Tomac toe for toe. So it's not surprising that he's getting beaten. If, if this isn't a Carmichael situation coming into this year, I said Webb was the favorite for the title in my mind. So it's not like everyone, the universal opinion was um, Tomac's going to win this title, Tomac's going to win this title, and we're all just having our minds blown. Yeah, he's not quite as good. What I would be interested to ask him is if he doesn't get another win and he finishes third in the championship, I'd be interested to ask him if he considers the season a failure or a good, successful season. That's Because that would be interesting because he's got two wins at the moment, which compared to other years is just uh, pitiful. So 
So it's I'd whether be interested. he's happy with what he's done this year. Just whether in, the, in his book, if it's been, if he's like, this season has sucked, or if he's like, yeah, you know what? It's been a solid, it's been okay, it's been solid. Because, yeah, third in the championship's great. He's had a lot of podiums, blah, blah, blah. But win total-wise, it's been, it's been a way off of previous years. And one of those wins was Daytona, which is a unique beast and suits it, uh, plays right into his wheelhouse. And the other win was the second round when he kind of won it through being the steady guy who stayed up. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, at Granty670, do you honestly see Kenny winning the Supercross Championship? If he really wants to win, then surely he has got to make a statement and try and rattle Webb uh, a bit like what Sexton did. I did actually see that uh, when, when Sexton stuffed him. And it's kind of like, that is what you want. I can understand. I, I get people's frustrations. I, I yeah, do actually. The Sexton didn't go in there trying to kill Webb. That was just a racing incident. Yeah. He, he, he just, just didn't shy away from like getting in there. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. No, I don't, I don't see Roxham winning this title. At this point, I would be surprised if Roxham pulls it back. Because it was Saturday. Wait, was it Saturday? Sat- yeah, Saturday was arguably a track that suited Roxham over Webb, more so than any other track wheel this season. And he started out front, and he won his heat race, so had a better gate pick than uh, yeah, Webb. Yeah, st- so- it started out well. It was all going great. Yeah, so if there was one race where I feel like this thing would have got turned around. It was that. So I don't, in my head, I'm like, I don't really know what's, well, but then Webb could have a mechanical bad start, first turn crash, uh, any crash. So who knows? But we, that's no. what, exactly, that's what I was alluding to earlier on. It's just, yeah, who knows? Yeah, but if some butts were candy and nuts. Oh, for fuck's sake. Do you know what? Let's give, let's, let's do our performance of the week and let's give it to him. So here we go. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing, Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Mark Alessi who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's four-line of Castor-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. So our performance, Blenzel performance of the week is Cooper Webb, who, who wholeheartedly deserved it. Update for you. Oh, thank if, you. If some butts were candy and nuts oh. is a saying. The full saying is if, if some butts were candy and nuts, wouldn't it be a Merry Christmas? If you, not technically if you, relevant. If you genuinely just spent the time I've been talking to literally research that. No, I just Googled it. To free phrase it, it basically means if all these reasons why we can't do something were party foods instead of words, we could all have a really great pie. Which I'm not sure is really what I'm getting at, but sure. Anyway, on with the show. And we all learned something today. Yeah, yeah, not to listen to this again. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely shocking. Shocking show. Shocking. It's, it's the Even Strokes Education of the Week. Yeah, this is how bad it's got, guys. This is how bad it's got. <laughs> Next week, we'll be learning the difference between who and whom. <laughs> Lewis has got so much time on his hands because there's fuck all going on that he's now doing sound bites and just coming up with new phrases. Oh, if only I had that much time on my hands. 
At Dive MX, is Max Anstey out of contract at the end of this year? I've been really impressed by his solid performance in Supercross main event every weekend on subpar machinery as well. Do you think his performances could land him a better ride in 2022? Is he correct with the subpar machinery? No, it's still a... It's not a TM. Like, it's it's the heaviest bike. It's got a Kickstarter. Like, it's... I got a Kickstarter. It's outdated, you could say, but it's not impossible to do well on. I mean, I'm sure like, maybe like a KTM would, or a factory bike, a full factory bike would like shift him up a position or two, but it's not a god-awful bike. But no, uh, wherever the race just was, uh, Arlington 3 was, uh, by far, like a big step forward. He kept pace with the top 10, which is encouraging. Uh, he is out of contract at the end of the year. But I think to get looked at for a better ride, quote-unquote better ride, um, he needs to nail top 12 positions through these final five rounds and flirt with the top 10 or be in the top 10 at a majority of them just to kind of... I feel like unless you, if you're not in the top 12, then you don't really get noticed. So I feel like even though he finished 13th in a great ride, I feel like that's why um, he hasn't really got the recognition he deserves so far. But fortunately he'll get the recognition he deserves on the Anstey in America podcast. Is this like, is this a we, I mean, it sounds like you've just sort of said this like straight away as in you've researched this and spent a lot of time with Max. Uh, no, that's, just my, that's, my, that's just my feelings. I've always, I thought that all along. Um, I think I've said it on this podcast before. I feel like top 12 is a marker where like, or well, top 10 obviously, but I feel like 12th and above is when you start getting noticed a little bit more. But I obviously followed the lap times on Saturday night and stuff, and he kept pace with the top 10 pretty well. So I, I watched the races, so I have these thoughts. But yeah, his contract is up at the end of the year, so we will see what happens. Uh, outdoors will be interesting. What do you think he can do outdoors? I don't know, because obviously last year he was coming off the Achilles and did well. I think top five in a majority of motos would be a good outdoor season and I was obviously mixed in with podiums and maybe a motor win or an overall win. Hmm. What about like a, a ride like Motor Concepts or something like that? Yeah, but it's Supercross only team. I mean, they are potentially doing outdoors this year. But um, no, that could be, I feel like that could be a good fit. Potentially. Okay, well, that's it. That is the whole of the Liat Ask Vice Anything. Thanks for the questions, guys. Much appreciated. Ah, so, Lewis, where do we go from here? Well, we haven't had a Planet Motor bombshell of the week yet. That is a bombshell in itself. What? No, we haven't? Yeah. Now, what's your Planet Motor bombshell of the week? You got anything? Well, the fact that I thought the British Championship were actually uh, prepping around, and um, suddenly there's no post, and uh, so that's my bombshell. But personal bombshell, to be fair. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've got a bombshell. Have I got a bombshell for, for us? Uh, I mean, I feel like the GPs being postponed again was quite a bombshell. I, I think it definitely Oz, rocks my world. I think that's definitely a bit of a... Is it a bombshell, though? We kind of half expected it, didn't we? I mean, I feel like the writing was on the wall, but I just didn't... I will tell you what the Planet Moto bombshell of the week is. It rocked my socks, people. Talon Engineering has new owners. And that is your... Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Can you believe it? Rob Sartin, the Sartin family, after all these years, have sold the business. So Talon is under 
new owners, new people coming in. And uh, that will mean change, as as it always do. Whether it's good or bad, we do not know. But anyway, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week is, you heard it here, Talon Engineering has been sold. Started by George Sartin back in 1973, I believe, or 71. 71, I think it was. Yeah. And wow, when Rob told me, I was, I think, I, well, I still am a little bit shocked. But yeah, escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There is a lot going on in Planet Moto. Get involved and hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. Yeah, that, I think that was good enough for a Planet Moto bombshell week, hey? Well, I pressed the sound bite. If I wouldn't have pressed it if it wasn't good enough. Okay, well... Uh... I'll tell you what could be another uh, bombshell of the week is the uh, new sponsor coming up now. Oh, Did yeah, you... this is over to me, I guess. I guess. I, I actually completely forgot um, we were doing this game. I completely forgot this game was a thing. So that's weird. What, today or...? or, or... No, just, I, didn't, I just forgot that this was coming up. Oh, okay, wow. And there's you, Mr., you know, you know just hmm. organised. Hmm. Hold on a second. Not so organized right now, am I? No, no, no really now I'm not. organized. So it's time for the game that everyone knows and loves. It's a bit different now. You know it as Are You Smarter Than a Birth? It is now called. It is now called. That's dramatic, isn't it? That's very dramatic. I like it. It's, um, oh, that's. Fucking hell. It's now time for armor, you smarter than a birth. And because why armor, is it armor? Armor, and now the title sponsors of the armor, you smarter than a birth game, because armor nutrition products are now available in Europe. Uh, for the first time anywhere in Europe, you can now get the, all of the armor products that are available. Obviously, uh, Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, Nick Way, uh, Adam Cicerello, Cameron McAdoo, they all endorse and have a little slice of the pie at armor. But if you didn't know, Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle-driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armour recognized a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated specially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. Holy Armour, shit. <laughs> Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Armour Sport is now available Still in going. Europe. <laughs> Armour Sport is now available in Europe and we, MX Vice, will share a link with the show this week. So when you see the show on social media, just below that, in the comments on Facebook or in the replies on Twitter, uh, we'll have a link for you to shop Armour because it's now available in Europe. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Leave nothing on the table. Choose Armour. Do you know what? They got this thing called Blitz. And it's supposed to make you like proper like on it. So I think next week's show, I'm going to like literally do a, a half a can of Blitz and just see how fast I can talk. Well, maybe you need, you're going to need that to sharpen your skills because it's now time for Armour, you smarter than a birth. Oh, I forgot we actually got to play the game. Four points to win is needed. There's six on the table. Questions one through four are worth one point. Question five is worth two points. Are you ready, James? 
Yes. Question one. Uh, nice and easy to start you off with. Very easy. Maybe the easiest question we've ever done. What year did Adam Sterry make his debut in MXGP class? Ooh. That's a 450 class, obviously. Yeah. Nice uh, and easy. I'm going to go 2020. That's incorrect. 2015, we were looking for. In the MXGP class? Yep. On That's a 450. A question. Yeah, it wasn't nice and easy. I just lured You're you in. Absolute <laughs> prick. I just threw my fishing rod out and reeled you in. Nice and easy. Was 2015. That, did he do like an injury thing for Steve Turner or something? Yeah, he then? filled in for. Um, who would it have been in 2015? Caro. Caro and. Uh, Frossard. Yeah, that would have been the year that Frossard left for two. Yeah. So uh, either way, he filled in in Mexico and uh, Glen Helen on the 450. So that was when he made his 450 debut and you are one point down because that was incorrect. Such a dick. Sticking with the uh, Hitachi KTM group, what team did Steven Sword race for when he made his MX1 debut? Oh, fucking hell. I don't know. Kawasaki. More specific? Factory Kawasaki. That's correct. Yes. That's one all. One all. That's one point on the board. You need four to win. Okay. Question three. Name the three riders who finished top three in the final 2013 MX1 Championship standard standings. I don't fucking know. Well, it's common sense. 2013. I mean, common sense. Like, you can figure out. You can figure this out. I believe in you. Top three. Name those riders. I don't it, need them in order. In MXGP. Yep, MX1, now now called MXGP. Okay, uh, Crowley. That's correct. Hmm. Think about this. It's not as hard as you're thinking. Armour, you smarter than a birth. Maybe you need some armour blitz now available in Europe. I will be sharing a link on MXVice's social media later. On. Dussel. Correct. One more. Oh, fucking hell. I'm going to go One more rider. Max Nagel. That's incorrect. We were, looking for Ken- sake. we were looking for Ken Dodeika, I'm afraid. Fuck off, Ken. Okay, that's uh, one point on the board. You can still win this, but you need to nail every question from now on. There's one problem, though. Oh, God, what? It's a special fucking hit-spike <laughs> thing you got in here again? Question four is a bit tricky. Oh, great. What, as tricky <laughs> as the first one? Even trickier. Oh, fuck's sake. Now... <laughs> Question four. When Mike Brown split from Cass Honda mid-season... In- Fuck off, Lewis. <laughs> Fuck off. Question four. When Mike Brown split... <laughs> You're not fucking funny. It's shit. Right, okay, sorry. Question four. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why this is getting me so much. It's just like... <laughs> Question four. When Mike Brown split from Cass Honda mid-season in 2008, who was the French rider who they brought in to replace him? In 2008. 2008. When Mike Brown split from Cass Honda mid-season, who was the French rider, I've thrown you a bone there, uh, who they brought in to replace him? Fucking hell, I don't know. I mean, Seb, I could have been Seb harsh. I could have just said, sorry? Seb Porcel? I feel like Seb Porcel is your go-to answer on anything that's French-related. Fuck off. Is that your final answer? Well, it's obviously not the right one. Okay, well, is that your final answer yes. then? Or would you like to... 
Okay. Uh, no, we were looking for Steve Boniface. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> that is such a shit question. Fucking Steve Boniface. Yes. Number one. I, I was almost going to put in the question, who was the French rider number 141 who they got to replace him? If I put his number in there, would that have helped? No, it fucking wouldn't. If I'd said his first name was Steve, would that have helped? No. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd said it, if I said his name's Boniface, what's his first name? I would have gone, no. no, no Dave. Was Dave B. Would that have helped? Dave okay. Boniface. Well, you can still redeem yourself. One point on the board so far. There's two up for grabs with this final question. Are you ready? I'd be surprised if anybody could get these questions right. Uh, okay. I feel like this question's quite easy. Have you got a pen and a bit of paper? No. Have you got the notes in your iPhone? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to have to write this down. Obviously, we don't need you to talk us through your thought process until it's time. Worth two points. Question five. Okay. List the 10 most recent MX2 world champions. MX2? Yep. List the 10 most recent MX2 world champions within the time limit, starting... Okay. Tixier. You don't have to tell me until the time's up. You don't have to tell me until the time's up. Just work it out. Oh, fucking hell. I can't remember him. You need to write it down. This this is why I told you to write it down. Third week we've done this. He still hasn't got the grip to it. He needs to list for 10 riders. Who are the most recent MX2 world champions? It's not hard. He just needs to think about it and work backwards through time. Not sure why he's still talking. That's four. Time's almost up. Mm. Your time's up. Right. What have you got for us? I got Tixier, Herlins, Geyser. Yep. 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 Uh, Tixier, Herlins, Geyser. Wow. Uh, Vial. Okay. Yeah, good. Well done. Or um, then I have... Um, you clearly don't have. You're clearly fishing around in your brain now. Yeah, no, I did have one until you interrupted me. Um, okay. Caroli. Okay, that's five. Um... Um, 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 um. I think you're up. I think, I think we've had enough of this. How many did I get? <laughs> I had five. How many have I got? Yeah, eight? You said, you said, um, you said what? Vial, Hurlins, Geyser, Tixier, Crowley. That's who you said? Yeah. You needed 10, so. Fucking were, 10? They were Tom Vial. Yeah. Jorge Prado. Oh, I forgot him. Yeah, shocking. Paul's Jonas. Yeah, I forgot that one. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Herlins, Tim Geyser, Geordie Tixier, mm. Ken Roxon. Yeah, I forgot that one. Marvin Musquin. Yeah, I forgot that one. Tyler Rattray. Forgot that one. And Caroli. Got that one, though, didn't I? Yeah, but that wasn't that hard. Now that you've heard the answers, that was quite easy, wasn't it? Like, I feel like the only one that you would have, if you'd actually put some thought into it, the only one you might have struggled with is uh, Rattray. Yeah. Do you know what, though? Is it just me, or does it feel like sometimes I forget completely that Musquin and Roxon were even in the fucking world, or are even world champions? Well, before we uh, discuss that, I need to point out that unfortunately that is a wrap on armor. You smarter than a birth, and you have failed. So I have to press this button.
Unfortunately, I don't want to do that. I also need to remind you that Armour is now available in Europe. Armour, you say? Yes, Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle-driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Really? Armour recognised a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated specially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realise their maximum potential. Tell me more. Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Really? Armour Sport is now available in Europe, and we will share a link with the show on social media this week. So just check out our social media channels. Grab yourself some armor. Be the first in Europe to put the good stuff in your body. Uh, Leave nothing on the table. Choose armor. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. I am going to be blitzing my tits off next week. So uh, look forward to that one. Well, I don't think we're going to be having a show next week. Why? I think we might be having our first week off of the year. Well, there is fuck all to to talk about. It's shocking that you've made it this far. Like, let's not forget, end of last year, it was a struggle to get you to do one a month. Yeah. I don't even know how many you've done in a row now. I mean, you've, I mean... Today was a struggle. Today was a struggle. I don't think it was. I could go for another hour if you like. That's what she said. Um, I'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzel Oils, TMX21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering for your continued support. We will be having some new sponsors on board next week. One of them being Arma Energy. Twelfth show in a row. Twelfth week in a row this show is. Look at us go. I mean, I say that you've done twelve in a row. Really, I mean, your body's here, but it's just kind of... Skin and bones, like nothing. Well, it's not like nothing's nothing's really coming from you, but you still you, you've attended. Hey, I try. You asked me to try. I tried. Hey, I, I still. I you are definitely going in the right direction. I'd still like. We'll, we'll discuss. But there's still some. I've noticed uh, a few things on this show. Great. I feel like you can clean up, but we'll more discuss critique. That. Do you know what? Every week you've critiqued me. Absolutely I'm just searching for excellence. Every yeah. I know where you can put your fucking excellence. Um, yeah, hopefully something will happen with uh, the championship MXGP so we can truly get an understanding of what the hell's going on. Uh, but I can't see anything happening next week, can you? No, no, um, nothing going on this weekend. So, yeah, maybe we'll have a show next week. Maybe not. Yeah, I Weird. don't know. The suspense. The suspense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because like, but like, I feel like I could have there was quite a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about on this show but you're what, wrapping it up so. what, what did you want to talk about? well just like there were some talking points I mean nothing that can't wait until next week but you just want to hang out with me a bit more I feel, I feel I like really it's don't. I think it is I think every time it comes towards the end of the show you're like oh I really enjoy speaking do to you do you want to know an interesting point James? no it's interesting okay uh, something that you might be interested to know in fact that is uh, part three of the MX5 show mm-hmm. that we've just wrapped up or yep. are in the process of wrapping up. And part three was actually brought to you by Prox Performance Parts. Uh, that's right. Really? Prox Performance Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. 
all parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offers exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. So head to pro-x.com to find the right parts for your bike. And then you can just take your ride a little bit further. Basically, between Technical Touch and the KYB suspension and Prox performance parts, you can turn your standard bike into something quite nice. Not, not over the top, like you find some weekend warriors with just 20 bikes that are worth 25 grand, but Prox performance parts specifically can just give you that little extra at a reasonable price to take your ride forward. So I'd recommend heading to uh, pro-x.com and uh, yeah, checking out what's available for your bike. Uh, no matter the year, no matter the manufacturer, they have everything. I can vouch for that. I tell you what, I'm going to need uh, a little bit extra on my suspension this time next week because I've put on a stone. Okay. It's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard going. I've done no well, training. Is there not someone else you can talk to about this? No. Rather than us? No. I'll talk to thousands Brad. of people who are. Just I'll, talk, not I'll really... talk to Brad and Rob tomorrow. Just you know, because we're riders, we talk about stuff. So I just have to talk to you about media stuff. You're not really a rider anymore, are you? Okay, James. Thanks. You're, James. you're what we call a media critique, not critical media critique. Media critique. Okay. Well, thanks for turning up again this week, Lewis. I came to you for turning up. No, thank you. Just, we're just going to clean up a few of your mistakes and then we'll be away. Yep. Okay. Right then. Um, say bye to us. Uh, see you, everyone. Fuck's sake. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. 
from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.